everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Rolling Forward podcast. I am your host, Ben Baldieri, and thank you for tuning in. Rolling Forward is dedicated to talking about mental health and sport and the interplay between the two. I'll be talking to various high performers in different areas about their personal experiences and in doing so, seeking to broaden the dialogue. Mental health is a huge issue which has historically not received the recognition that it deserves, so I'm looking to do my bit to change that. My guest today is Kamal Akagundas. He is the head BJJ coach at Absolute MMA Shanghai. He is a brown belt under Lachlan Giles, as well as being a Muay Thai coach, a linguist who speaks four languages, a philosopher, and a closeted World of Warcraft nerd. I hope you enjoy this wide-ranging conversation. Feedback is welcomed as ever. Right. The first thing I want to talk about is World of Warcraft. What, what, World of Warcraft, why? What was it about World of Warcraft that kind of drew you to it? when you were a kid I'm assuming you were a kid when you were playing it <laughs> I, actually it was right after I graduated from high school uh-huh. yeah I've been playing video games all my life like like you know the Atari the black one yep no yeah it was Atari yeah mm-hmm. so I started with it like playing crazy and then Sega Sega Mega Drive and then PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. Were you more of a PlayStation or a Nintendo guy? Uh, more like... I didn't I didn't have Nintendo. My cousin who lives in Germany, he mm-hmm. had. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> She's like... <laughs> like spaceship level yeah. thing. You know? 64-bit yeah. graphics. Yeah, we never had. We never had that. It was really popular in Turkey. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, when I got my computer, I was mostly playing, like, Age of Empires, Heroes, Might and Magic, like, Mm -hmm. Heroes 3, Championship Manager. Mm -hmm. So, I I knew most of the, like, different uh, countries. Mm -hmm. First league, second league, third leagues, or, like, all the teams. Whenever we were watching matches, I was like, oh... This guy used to play this team. He just came here. He's very fast and stuff. And my cousins were like, how the oh. hell do you know? Like, hey, it's like useful yeah, transfer yeah, yeah. of knowledge <laughs> you get from, from yeah. video games. Yeah. And, but it helped me to learn English, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I was in middle school, my English was all, already very good compared to my peers mm-hmm. because of video games. Because mm-hmm. we were back then, there were no... Um, electronic dictionaries so mm-hmm. we were playing video games with an actual hard copy dictionary mm-hmm. at hand and then like approach to buy what what is approach <laughs> oh negotiate okay what does it mean means praise these that mm-hmm. these they're like agility like, like well. what yeah. is dexterity you know like <laughs> like this like this like this and then it really really helped a lot mm-hmm and after middle school, my fa- before like the summer before high school started, my father uh, sent me to a language school. And then my first day over there, I'm sitting and like the teacher started to write like words. Like, okay, today we are gonna learn these words. So if any of you guys know these, please tell me. She wrote 30, I knew all of them. And then she was like, why are you here? I said, <laughs> I don't know English, like I can't speak, but I all know all these words and maybe another 3,000. <laughs> so yeah, it really 
helped me a lot playing mm-hmm. video games. So from what you said there, it sounds like the games that you enjoyed playing as a kid were ones that you could see near enough meaningful progress as you progressed through. Yeah. So you'd kind of progress through the game, your skills, yeah, more, yeah. You, you kind of level up, as yeah. it were. Especially RPGs, role-playing yeah. games. Yeah. I didn't really like uh, first-person shooter games mm-hmm. much. I like RPGs more. And then one day one of my friends told me, hey man, look, there's a new game coming out. And he showed me the trailer, World of Warcraft. I was like, fuck. I've been playing Warcraft like <laughs> two, three, like one, two, three. I'm like, let's buy. I, I need this. Like, <laughs> like, I was like, so wait, I'm one of the characters in the world and I can do whatever I want. Yes. Okay. Let's buy. Yes. And then, I need this. Yeah. Like, I need this game. I was playing like a maniac like crazy like sometimes weekends like 16 18 hours a day just like wake up in the morning start playing like grind 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 eat like crazy amount of sandwiches (laughs) and then (laughs) and then like which made you constipated all the time (laughs) and then just sleep Wake up in the morning, repeat. It's all about that life. Yeah. All about oh, that uh, life. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, that really helped me a lot with uh, learning English as mm-hmm. well. So the the carryover between, as you say, like grinding for 16, 18 hours a day, yeah. being in that sort of, that environment, because obviously World of Warcraft is, it's an English language environment, isn't it? being in that environment for that period of time you're then seeing the carryover into other areas of your life yeah which is a weird thing to think about especially when you consider that most of like most parents if their kids were playing 18 hours of video games a day they'd be tearing the hair out yeah, yeah. what's going on yes it was similar with my family as mm-hmm. well they were asking me okay where is this where is this like horse going right now? <laughs> Can you please pause the game? I'm like, you can't pause this game. I'm in the like, middle of something <laughs> at the moment. Like my father was like, yeah, let me sleep, sleep, have some principles. Like, <laughs> and then he used to take me to work with him. I used to work like eight hours with him every mm-hmm. day. Just come back, play, sleep, wake up in the morning, play like 15 minutes. Go to work, come back. Just like a little side quest. Yeah, 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 just one quest. Just one. And then they used to to go... We had another um, house back then near the sea in a touristic area. And then I was like, ah, I don't want to go. Just play. Like, it's like 50 degrees outside and I'm like, no AC, nothing. Just play. I don't care. Just play, 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 play. Yeah. (laughs) Peak flow. So from there... You say that you said that it, it helped with your your English language ability. Were there other areas that you then started to see that being able to kind of dial in your focus onto something which on the surface doesn't appear very useful, like video games, were then being able to apply the focus that you learnt playing World of Warcraft, were you able to apply that to other areas? Yeah, I think it unlocked something uh, in me and what it was so when you're playing a game now nowadays World of Warcraft is super easy so mm-hmm. everyone can play but back then it was like hardcore it was really hard mm-hmm. and 
it was Maybe only like just that you weren't very good. No, no, no. <laughs> it was very, very high rank then. And then you just had the like quest log, and then no other software to help you like where mm-hmm. to go, whatever. So you have to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, just ting 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 and then maybe some little alt tab and google search the quest name mm-hmm. you know and then you learn like okay i play my uh character but there's like pvp player versus player mm-hmm. pve player versus whatever like mm-hmm. like so i was like okay um well, i need to do something to be better than these guys mm-hmm. so i was like okay let me see what are the best guys in the world doing so I was like reading their uh, like comments, reading like the frequently asked questions, and then taking some from each, putting it in my own game, and then I saw significant improvements in short time. And for me, it was like I always loved like finding some information online and put it somewhere like that I'm really trying to mm-hmm. improve, and then it gave me a high like this feeling was so good and mm-hmm. I was like whenever after that I did something I was like okay I'm just gonna go online find the best instructionals on this thing and then I'm going to make a plan and then just work on it work 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 right it's like leveling up in mm-hmm. anything and then I realized like learning is actually a skill and first you need to learn learning how to learn mm-hmm. and like everything you're trying to learn is at the end of the day is like a software that you are trying to put in your hardware mm-hmm. and it's like finding efficient ways to install this stuff in your hardware was very very interesting to me mm-hmm. because we just have limited time in this world and what's the most efficient yeah, way to, yeah, to achieve just, what you want to yeah. achieve like I don't like I'm very competitive. I don't like doing anything in like okay level. Mm-hmm. So my uncle used to tell me like if you are doing something, either do it 100% or don't do it. Don't do if it. you're going to do it like 80%, don't do it. If you're going like I'm not saying everybody has to be world class at mm-hmm. everything, but if something is very important for you, I think you should not uh, do it like at eighty mm-hmm. percent. You should be your yeah. At yeah. least one thing, for example, at least in your job, if you like your job, you need to be world class. And I think it's not really that hard with constant, uh, like not even hard work, but constant work, like mm-hmm. every day, every day, every day. I think if you train, uh, if you. Uh, study train smart it's mm-hmm. very very possible mm-hmm. and I don't know for me this is what gives me fulfillment being at least trying to be the best mm-hmm. I can making that meaningful progress yeah. on a daily yeah. basis yeah. so when it comes to you um, setting a, a longer term goal I'm assuming you'll have like a, a bigger goal that you're working towards at some point in the future so that could be say language learning or it could be receiving a promotion for jiu-jitsu or it could be having a giant pile of money in world of warcraft um not, sure. giant not pile. playing just, now. <laughs> just, just a giant pile of money yeah. in general to be honest would be nice but do you take that big long-term goal 
And then do you break down the steps, yeah. work backwards from that goal? Yeah. Um, for example, I can tell you, like, my Jiu-Jitsu journey. When I, I was in uh, Belarus, Minsk, in 2009, mm-hmm. I was out of shape and I wanted to do some sports. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like, oh man, Wing Chun looks great. <laughs> like, like <laughs> the ultimate martial art. And yes. then... I asked, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I asked my uh, girlfriend by then to find the Wing Chun school for mm-hmm. me and then she found it but it was like thanks God 45 minutes away mm-hmm. and I was like I couldn't even speak Russian back then and I said okay maybe I should find something else and then I said wait why don't I just Google like what's the most effective martial art mm-hmm. and then I found a website Which called wasn't on that list <laughs> <laughs> maybe the least effective list <laughs> anyway <laughs> and I found a website called Bullshido mm-hmm. and then I just kept reading 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 and I realized that boxing Thai boxing and wrestling jiu-jitsu judo sambo Mm -hmm. these were the most useful useful ones according to these people and these people had no no like uh, like why would they lie right Mm -hmm. and then i i watched a tv show called fight quest Mm -hmm. i showed the thai boxing episode and jujitsu episode i was like oh man i love these two like i and I said, I think Jiu-Jitsu is more interesting. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find a Jiu-Jitsu school over there. But I was very lucky. Belarus is one of the best Muay Thai. Like, Belarus is probably the second or third best in Europe like mm-hmm. as a country. The level over there is crazy. And I started training over there. And then back then as well, my first day, I was punching the bag. And then the coach came and said, how long have you trained before? I was like, this is my first class. He said... Oh, good man! My, like very good punch. You are closing like your your guard is always high mm-hmm. when you are punching. Very good. That's why I thought like you trained before. I said no. I was just looking at this guy. <laughs> like I was like, how can I get good fast? Mm-hmm. Okay, who is the best guy in the room? Look at that guy. What is he doing? Do, do it. <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah. Instead of just like wow, you know. Yeah. So for me, it's always like, if you do one mistake, never do it again. Mm-hmm. If you do one mistake, take take a note, go ask someone who knows how Mm -hmm. to fix it, fix it, never do the mistake again, and then you're going to improve. Mm -hmm. So then I went back to Turkey, I kept training Muay Thai over there. Before I left, I told my Muay Thai coach, I promise you I will go back to Turkey, train a lot, come here, because I really liked him, Mm -hmm. and I will improve a lot, I will make you proud. And he Mm -hmm. was very emotional, he said, yeah, I believe you. Nine months later, I, I went back, he was like he shook my hand. He said, "Man, the progress is very, very good." I was like, "Yeah, like very happy." You know, it's not like I wasn't planning to be a Muay Thai fighter and mm-hmm. stuff. But I, for me, if like maybe I didn't make money out of Muay Thai, whatever. But if so, like that guy was like world champion, European mm-hmm. champion, and a very high level coach, if he tells me like, "Oh, your level is like very good right now," for me, it's place. like okay, yeah. yeah. Like I worked hard, and it wasn't it wasn't in the right mm-hmm. wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So my methods actually worked. Mm-hmm. So when I went back to Turkey, I looked for a jujitsu school, mm-hmm. but I could I 
the one I found was like three hours away from where I lived, so it was really impossible. And I really wanted to do jujitsu, but I couldn't. Then I was really bored working with my father in the in his shop, helping him. I felt like my it's my potential was like much higher than that. I said, and my father was like, "Oh, you're just." I'm grateful like I give you a ready business you can make money and so I said yeah but I would like to do something by myself and I'm pretty sure I can do something even better and I have two more brothers maybe they can pick your business up and then I said are you the oldest brother uh, yeah mm-hmm. I'm like where can I go like that my father I, I can have a reason like to tell my father but my real reason will be training jujitsu mm-hmm. I was like I want to learn Chinese. Like, <laughs> father, so many people speak Chinese. I think learning Chinese would be very good for me. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And then I, pew, <laughs> I came here. I found a gym online. I was going to Guangzhou, but there were no Jesus over there and not a good option for learning uh, Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So I came here. I found the school. Man, I just arrived on Saturday. I was so sad. I missed the Saturday class. I was like so hardcore. I watched jujitsu videos for like two months every day before I came here. I said, I'm going to be very good at jujitsu in a very long, short time. Like that was my goal, short term, term goal. And then I met a guy here. He's still training at Shanghai BJJ. And I talked to him. I told him like, I don't want to sound cocky. But, I was like, I don't want to sound cocky, but I'm pretty good at learning stuff, and <laughs> I really want to put one hundred percent of my focus in jujitsu, mm-hmm. and I really have a plan for it. Would you like to listen? And he was like, after he told me, he was like, "Fuck this guy! <laughs> He's gonna probably quit after like three months." And then I was like, okay, so for me, first, when I want to get good at something, I deconstruct it. Mm-hmm. So is that, yes. do you start with, the, yes. do you deconstruct the big goal as in uh, what you no, want no, to no. be able to I do? No, 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 I deconstruct the object. Okay. So for so me, I was like, focus. okay, what is jujitsu? Okay. So jujitsu um, is like a sport where you use your body to dominate your opponent into like a bad position, mm-hmm. put them in a like dominant position for you and submit them, right? So I was like, okay, I made a research on like different positions in Jiu-Jitsu. Let's say like there are eight like different guards, like your like side control, let's say side control, you are either on top or on bottom, and then there is mount, and then there is hierarchy, hierarchy of positions, mm-hmm. and then I like, I saw some mind maps and stuff, I said, okay, so what I'm going to do now is first, I did like, I read all the FAQs, I like, I'm a very big fan of Reddit, I went like on Reddit BJJ, and I read the FAQs, and I'm very big fan of reading stuff like, what do you what kind of advices do you give to beginners? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, they say, don't do this, this, this. I'm like, done. I will never do this I stuff. Do that, right? yeah. And then if you want to get better, faster, do this, this, this. I'm like, done. Right. You know, like, done. Like, mm-hmm. these are my rules. And then 
I've watched so many instructionals. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start with like the most basic. I I like, I'm gonna learn my defenses. I'm gonna do this, 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 this. And every day, when I went to class, I had a goal in my mind. I was like, I'm going to get good at least at one thing uh, each training session. So my first training session, we had a Brazilian coach called Bruno Moreira. First class, I, I, I told this in Arthur's podcast as well. Mm-hmm. First class, he came to me and said, hey man, how long have you been training for? I said, it's my first class. He said, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, why? Man, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for 15 years. Do you think I'm stupid? Like, why would you lie to me? I said, no. Why would I, I lie to you? Yeah, <laughs> why would I lie to you? It's my first class. And he said, look, how did you learn this grapevine from Mount? You mounted this guy and you have this grapevine. I said, oh, I've been watching Saulo Ribeiro instructional DVDs. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, good. You're going to learn fast. I keep said, doing that. Yeah, yeah, keep <laughs> doing that. And then, like two weeks later, he saw me from Mount. I armbarred the guy. He said, you two, stop. Can I come here? I was like, oh, did I do something wrong? I'm sorry. He's like, wait, how long have you been training for? I'm like, two weeks. He said, do you know how long it took me to get my first submission in like Jiu-Jitsu, like armbar from Mount? Actually, armbar someone from Mount took me nine months. I was like, okay. And then he called the head coach, and the owner of the gym. He was a brown belt back then. He's a black belt now. He said, look at this guy. In three years, he's going to kick everyone's ass here if this guy goes like this. Because he was seeing me like doing some stuff that he has never told. Mm-hmm. Like there was this... Um, side control to mount a move like I saw on YouTube BJ Penn doing like and then I did the move he stopped he said where did you learn this I said I just saw it on YouTube he was like fuck I never thought this move like good man good. He, he, he really liked you know and then I just kept training like that like I was studying three hours Chinese in the morning in the afternoon just have lunch go to my dormitory watch instructionals like at least two to three hours a day and train like mm-hmm. seven days a week for like few months and then coach told me don't come like like at least once twice a week rest and then after like three four months i started going to clubs a little bit and then i started training like four times mm-hmm. three times and then after i was like fuck this like just go Correct. back to the uh, jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. again i think if you like if you like it if you really feel like it's giving you fulfillment, it's pretty easy. But you have to really commit, mm-hmm. really like seriously. Because my first days, I was like, I don't want to be only a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I want to be elite, elite level. That was my like goal. The first day I started jiu-jitsu, and still it's my goal. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get there. So when you were studying Chinese in the morning, was it that your 100% focus or would you have been like looking forward to training? Would you have been like partially, partially No focus on, in Chinese. No focus in Chinese. <laughs> I had like no focus in learning Chinese, but I was learning pretty fast because I was like, okay, Taking whatever the they approach. teach me, yeah. I'm just going to go out, talk to people like... I had mm-hmm. no shame. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to make mistakes. Who cares? Let them try talking, mm-hmm. speaking it's, in Turkish. It, you know? You've got Turkish, Chinese, English, obviously, and Russian, Russian as well. Yeah. 
same approach. Same approach. Same approach. So taking yeah. whatever it was that you'd learned that day and yeah. then just, just go out with it. Yeah. Just go out. One day, one day I got lost in Minsk mm-hmm. and I, I, like it was my first week over there. And then this people, is back in Belarus. Back in Belarus, yeah. like 2009. And then people were like, you know, people are like ashamed to talk to people yeah. because they don't speak. Yeah. I was like, okay, I don't even know how to make a sentence in Russian. So I said, what, the, how to say, how, kak. Like, and then I said, can, I, blah, blah, blah. I put them together and then I asked a question and the person answered. Mm-hmm. Like, it was wrong. It was wrong. <laughs> But it works. Did you, you understand know? the response? Yeah, no, I just like, <laughs> which way? And then they showed me the way. Yeah, this way. <laughs> so I, because I worked with my father for like eight years, mm-hmm. like when I was in middle school, always after school, he took me uh, to his shop and I was like selling sweet suitcases, backpacks, school bags to like 50, 60 people a day. So I had no problem in talking just to people. Yeah, people. like, yeah. So I say everyone like you need to be like a monkey when you are learning languages. Just whatever you learn, go out, just talk to people. Mm-hmm. Just talk, talk, talk. And always be like this. Whenever you hear a new word, if you feel like that's a very common word that you really use it a lot, write it down, make sure you use it like few times. That day you will not forget. Mm-hmm. Also also I have uh like very 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 good memory like that helps as well mm-hmm. you know like i think because remember something like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sometimes i'm like i don't understand how can you just not do this and people like i can't it doesn't work that way <laughs> like dorothy told me once mm-hmm. like i'm like i don't understand how can you not learn like because like I'm not that smart, okay? I'm like, and it's like, for I me, I don't have the intellectual horsepower yeah, to yeah, be able to do that. Yeah, I was like, for me, it's like it's very easy. I'm like, if I see one move like in jujitsu once on internet, I I used to like I could like just go and use it immediately, you know, like not not being he- like I wasn't it's like, like a photographic memory, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, like motor patterns. Yeah, because I played sports all my life. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like I'm jumping from one to another thing but like in jiu-jitsu or any other martial arts sport the hardest thing when a new student comes to teach them is how to use their bodies so even if let's say i show them one move from a guard position they can't even think about the technical details because first they need to wrestle with their own bodies how do i lift my hips Mm-hmm. How do I do this? Do How that? do I move my body yeah. in space? Yeah, before That's, I yeah. do move my body in the way that you want me to do. Yes, it. Yeah. exactly. So instructors are like being confused. Like oh, I don't know how can this guy not understand? Or is he stupid? No. First, they don't know how to move because these people they probably have not done any physical activity other than walking, slightly running, mm-hmm. <laughs> like jogging. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then like squatting on toilet that's Mm. it so it takes probably a year to if not more get good at moving right really taking things back to the the very foundations yeah that's why when i teach like private classes i don't teach any techniques to them like Mm -hmm. at all until they can 
um, do the like some very fundamental moves like fluently mm-hmm. like flow like this so first you need to teach them how to control the body because if it's like I, I just told this to someone last week it was very funny I was like there's a video game like Far Cry 6 you can't install I don't know if it was you you can't That's install Far Cry 6 to yeah. Windows 95 yep. right <laughs> so first I need to update your system mm-hmm. first you need to learn how to Mm-hmm. Uh, move your body. so this boy this kind of comes back to what you were saying about when you went on the subreddit uh, the BJJ subreddit where you look through the things that people do if they want to progress quickly look through yeah. the things that people don't do if they want to progress yeah. at all yeah. so you kind of take those ideas and effectively install them as principles yeah so this is what i do and this is what i don't do is it the same sort of thing like you need to have these basic movement principles of how to move in this situation before you can start progressing yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like for example you know a lot about strength training Mm -hmm. there are like let's say seven main uh different moves like pull push hinge squat jump uh throw yeah. right so when you write a training plan you make sure like let's say you have a split and mm-hmm. you say okay you overhead push horizontal vertical something something mm-hmm. right so same in jiu-jitsu as well you need to be able to move like you know you need to know how to do a bridge up bridge side to side hip escape Technical stand up, break fall, forward roll, backward roll, and then like sit out. So, this will really, if you get flow, like if you get really good, efficient at these moves, anything else you do in Jiu Jitsu is a kind of combination of these. Mm-hmm. Maybe there, there might be like a little bit so more. So, once you have the kind of basic movement principles, that gives you a structure yeah. that you can hang other stuff off. Yeah. So, it's exactly is exactly like mm-hmm. this. So it's not, but that like obviously the way that you've kind of applied that principled approach to language learning, for example, to learning Muay Thai, it carries over. If you can take that methodology and apply it to yeah whatever, whatever you want, yeah, because just like you said, first you need to have a goal. Mm-hmm. My my approach is like first. I need to have a goal. My goal was being like world-class elite level in jiu-jitsu. And then, okay, to get this level, let's say this is level 100. Mm-hmm. I need to get to level 90 first, mm-hmm. 80, blah, blah, blah. And I'm at one. So my plan is long-term over there. But in three months, I need to get here. Next three months, I need to get there. And then it's, it's all about getting useful feedback putting yourself in like uncomfortable positions yeah. yeah it's all about problem solving some people are uh, like some people have growth mindset so I I really seen growth mindset and um, fixed fixed mindset in jiu-jitsu because I was like watching people and then some people when they lose they were like oh this guy is just more athletic than me or Let's say, oh, he's just younger than me. Oh, he just has longer legs. I can't. And I was thinking like, no, like, how can you think like this? How can you think like 
this person is just bigger than me. I was like, okay, when someone bigger than me beat me, I was thinking, okay, I am not technical enough to beat someone who is bigger than mm-hmm. me. So my Fast, technique yeah, is good yeah. enough to offset their size. Yes, advantage. faster than me yep. or like younger than mm-hmm. me, whatever. Because when you say, I can't, then you... You put yourself in yeah, a box. Yeah, like a man who says, I can, and a man who says, I, I can't are both right, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm like... I was telling them, but if you think like this, you can never beat this guy. Mm-hmm. Why don't you think like, okay, what should I do to do this? Because this guy is beating me yeah, at the moment. Yeah. What should I do? Because like, especially in, in my area, if I can call myself an expert in my expertise, like jiu-jitsu, I was like, it's like chess and it's like a war of information. My information versus yours. Mm-hmm right so whenever someone puts me in a bad position i have no problem in like tapping i tap i go home and i think okay why did this (laughs) fuck this guy first (laughs) why did this happen why did this happen okay he did this i did this what should i have done and I visualize, if I have done this, what would he have done? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can do this. Oh, I have a hole in my game. Nice. You know? Like getting submitted. Yeah. Get at, yeah. yeah. Getting submitted in training is actually a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know? If if you are the best guy in the room, you are in the wrong room. Right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I was always like, okay, this guy past my guard what did I do wrong I was like thinking thinking okay how can I fix this what can I do and I'm like watching some matches what do these people do in these areas you know Mm -hmm. because I always run after breakthroughs in life in whatever doesn't matter what I do in jiu-jitsu in business whatever I'm like I want to find something that will be a breakthrough and that will push me to next step Mm -hmm. Because something some, that's going to yeah, give you that step change. Yeah, it's very easy to hit a plateau, and mm-hmm. I hate hitting plateaus. Yeah. Yeah, but usually you will hit a plateau every three months, probably. But important thing is, my coach Lachlan Giles. This is what he told me. He said for him, if he, like, if he were to create a team of athletes that he is going to um, teach and help them become like good athletes he said number one attribute would be how much can they improve in three months of periods mm-hmm. because i see so many people when once they reach certain point in their career they're like i'm done mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm god mode like mm-hmm. i'm good i have arrived yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i heard one guy saying like i have already learned anything there is to learn in jiu-jitsu and i'm going uh, my friend told me mm-hmm. it's like one guy in his gym said this actually you know but he was still getting smashed by other black belts and so, so for me it's like it never stops and it's also it also depends on the goal you set as mm-hmm. yourself if you say i'm going to be a mediocre blue belt then you can reach there pretty fast mm-hmm. but if you say Jiu-Jitsu is more than a hobby for me and I would like to be very good at it. You don't, Not everybody have to have a goal like being one of the best in the world. 
but at least like mm-hmm. in, something that's yeah, going to make some, yeah. you uncomfortable when you're yeah. working towards it. Yeah. yeah. What do you do when you hit a goal? Do you kind of do you take a step back and then kind of reassess where you want to be from there, or do you find have you found when you've hit goals in the past that you've kind of stagnated after achieving it? So, I think reality check once in a while is mm-hmm. amazing. So when I was a blue belt, I went to a competition, and I realized before we have never done no gi. So I was like training in the gi, playing this day, like he was spider guard, mm-hmm. like crazy, like inward, do this, yeah. do that. And then I went to a competition. My first match, it was against a professional rugby player. The guy was crazy strong, super good, like conditioning. And then I, I got just so tired, like I couldn't breathe. Yeah, yeah, like the video is on YouTube. I have it on YouTube. I was telling my friend, <gasps> I can't breathe, you know? And then when referee says, stop, like, come to center, I just opened my, un- unlaced my belt, yeah. throw it to the floor. I said, oh, I need to tie my belt just to rest, you know? <laughs> like, I was so tired. And then still, I armbarred this guy. Mm-hmm. He tapped, I let it go, and then he just pulls the arm out, passes my guard, and I'm like, referee, yeah. he tapped, he tapped. And referee the Brazilian said, Yeah, yeah, I didn't see. <laughs> And then at the end of the match, the guy said, you see this arm? To tap this, you need to train a lot more years. <laughs> you need more than this. I was very skinny, like mm-hmm. not, no strong at all. Not strong at all. And then I got so pissed. I said, fuck. Like, I thought I was going to do very good, but I actually, mm-hmm. like... I have a lot more to learn. Yeah, like, fuck. There is no gi competition tomorrow I don't even like nogi I don't even do nogi <laughs> like but I've come all the way to Philippines I'm gonna do it anyway and then my first match I I pull guard and I'm in half guard and I know nothing about half guard. I realized <laughs> I know nothing like in our gym nobody told half guard I'm like fuck I found myself in half guard I don't know what to do I did some crazy moves took these guys back and armbarred him it was my thing, like take people's back and armbar them, not choke. It's mm-hmm. weird. Usually you <laughs> choke people back, from back, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then next match, I go against another guy. It was the final already, mm-hmm. and then we are like, I pulled half guard again. I was like, what's going on? Like, why am I falling in half guard all the time? And then something happened. I swept this guy as well. I ended up in his close guard, and no, no. I, I was trying to sweep him he mm-hmm. took my back mm-hmm. and I was like fuck <laughs> I'm losing and then there's like one minute to go and I'm like oh I'm losing what am I gonna do and then my friend was like let's go let's go and I looked at him I gave him like this mm-hmm. They're like I got it and then I just escaped went into his close guard mm-hmm. and then I was trying to open and I, I did a move like I put my foot hand to push his foot and I'm like I just wanted him to think that I don't know Mm -hmm. that I'm giving him a triangle I said when he opens I'm gonna pass he opened I stacked him he turned I took his back armbarred him like last 10 seconds Mm -hmm. I was losing like 4 points I got my gold medal and then I fought 2 more guys I choked them out took their back choked them out Mm -hmm. but always half guard like (laughs) I've never been here before yeah never been here but it's very good and then, in final, I lost to a 
uh, Australian guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, he was, man, his one hand was like two of my hands. Like, huge guy. Dinner plates. Yeah. <laughs> I lost by two points, I think. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go back and learn half guard. <laughs> so well, competition really, really helps you. Mm-hmm. I, and I started to learn half guard. And I was like, oh, my guard is like so much better right now. Like so much better. Because I was thinking about guard retention, how mm-hmm. to have guard retention, right? And I was drilling some moves, but I said, no, I used to have layers of guards. When I started doing half guard, I said, actually, nogi is fun. And then, since then, I do like mostly half guard, butterfly guard, and always like when I compete, even I don't really need to compete to see what I need to work on because we have very good guys in the gym. So they really show me what yeah. I need to work on or I really am very, very like self critical mm-hmm. I always like look at my game what should I do what should I do so it's it's really helping mm-hmm. me to find what to work on and once you know what to work on I think it's easy mm-hmm. to improve in Jiu-Jitsu mm-hmm. so when you've kind of come up against someone who's significantly better than you obviously in the past I'm assuming that doesn't happen a huge amount of time now <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes yeah. but when you kind of come up against someone who's better than you do you find that you still you're still able to take this kind of this principled approach whereby it's like okay, this happened to me in this situation, this happened because I'm not yet good enough at this in this position, or do you find have you found that you get frustrated at it, times? It depends on the gap. Mm-hmm. So if I'm an okay black belt, a uh, blue belt, and my opponent is a very good black belt, mm-hmm. so do there are so many holes so you don't understand like why it's like <laughs> I'm doing everything yeah, I'm supposed to but yeah, nothing works yeah. imagine you're playing a video game you're level 10 and you're in the wrong map just yeah. someone just bam, like overkill you know yep. so in this situation it's harder that's why like in Jiu if you want to get good you should be rolling with people who are worse than you most of the time mm-hmm. sometimes like let's say 60% of the time with people who are maybe slightly worse than you, not like very, but if, mm-hmm. because if you are a white belt, it will be hard to find people way worse than you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> already, already pretty already, close to the bottom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for example, if you're a good blue belt, you need most of the time you need to roll with like good white belts mm-hmm. and okay blue belts, so you can actually wrap your moves like, like achieve your mm-hmm. goal rolling with them and then sometimes you need to roll with people at your level to see if you can do this stuff mm-hmm. and how they counter you how are you to defend these counters mm-hmm. and once in a while roll with people a little bit better than you I think there is not really much point in rolling with people who are so much better than you mm-hmm. I, I really think like it's once in a while like people yeah. think people think it's a cool thing but I don't think mm-hmm. it, like for example a white belt rolling with me I don't really think it's going to help them a lot mm-hmm. because what are they going to take mm-hmm. uh, from I learned several new ways to tap <laughs> yeah because you, you mm-hmm. just for me I don't know sometimes people people do this sport like for fun so it's fun for them to sometimes I get so OCD so tunnel vision so I don't understand people actually do this for fun mm-hmm. I mean I have fun but I have, I'm Fun like super, yeah, like yeah, super focused. Like, 
I'm the same when I play video games mm-hmm. as well. I fight with my friends when we play mm-hmm. video. We were wo- playing Overwatch like two years ago, like four friends, and one of these guys were like choosing a hero that you're not supposed to choose mm-hmm. in that space and doing like some crazy shit. And I was like, voice chat. I said, why are you doing this? Like, can you please come play? Take it seriously. Team, yeah, team, yeah. team, teamwork. He's mm-hmm. like, man, this is just a game. I'm just playing to have fun. I said, yeah, but the other nine people don't really have mm. fun. Or five, whatever, because of you. You know, you need to do this, this. I don't have fun when I lose. <laughs> You're going to do this. Yeah? So it's a case of kind of finding, find, like surrounding yourself with people who are at a similar level to you. So you can kind of, you can push yourself with them and they can push themselves with you. But they're also doing it for the same reasons. So like it, I mean, obviously, not everyone is going to be um, like one hundred percent focused on being like optimally performing all the time. But being with people who are pushing you in some way to improve your game is something that helps. But not in so much that you you come up against someone and you just have like six minutes of being ego checked. You're just being yeah. broken because they're yeah. so much better than you. Yeah, it's it's not good. I think you shouldn't need someone else's help to mm-hmm. push you because yeah. that's a risk. Yeah. You may have those people, yeah. you may never have those mm-hmm. people. For me, I I can almost say I never had a coach who really cared about me and like really daily showed me what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we have absolute MMA right now because I was working training somewhere else and I wasn't really happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the way the coach treated the students and I had to self-learn mm-hmm. and that's something I'm good at and I'm very thankful mm-hmm. for it being able to yeah. self-motivate I think you mm-hmm. should motivate yourself again nobody mm-hmm. not like everyone has to be very good at jujitsu, but we are like whatever we say today is not only about jujitsu. you can apply these principles mm-hmm. to anything in life I don't know, I have... Have you always been able to do that? Always been able to kind of self-motivate yourself? Or has that something... Has that been something that you've kind of I learned think, to do better? I think it's something I got from my father. Mm-hmm. He was like super disciplined, like super disciplined, like German soldier. <laughs> Ruthless <laughs> like efficiency. Like yeah. wakes up, used to wake up every day like 5 a.m. to mm-hmm. pray pray five days a week, a day, mm-hmm. like never miss mm-hmm. one praying session. And then he was like, I've never seen him being late to anywhere, mm-hmm. being forgetting anything. He used to take notes. I'm going to do this, this, mm-hmm. this. He had like this schedule, like uh, like on paper, but mm-hmm. just writing this day, don't forget this, mm-hmm. this day, don't forget. And he was very pissed when anyone forgets anything. Yeah. And I have heard this phrase like, have principles, have principles, mm-hmm. like like millions of times. And then I think it's just, just you just put it in mm-hmm. my DNA. So had that having principles became a principle, yeah. as it were, yeah. being principles driven as opposed to, oh, I don't really feel like it today. Yeah. So I forgot or something like that. Yeah. What um, business was your, what was your father's business? What area was it in? Um, he was a merchant. He was selling backpacks Mm -hmm. suitcases Mm -hmm. and this was in Turkey Istanbul Mm -hmm. yeah and he was buying some stuff from Mm -hmm. this stuff from China selling Mm -hmm. in Turkey full circle 
Yeah, and then <laughs> I, I I used I came with him actually two three times to China mm-hmm. before I moved here. Mm-hmm. He offered me like, like to come here study, uh, in a Chinese university. When I was I I remember I was playing World of Warcraft. He told me I said no, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm so not I'm going gra- to I'm China. Gra- thank I'm you. I'm never. At the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to China. <laughs> it's funny. But was it? Did he always do that, or did he kind of? Did he always own his own business? Yeah, he always. Like he. So what? His story was like this. He graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. But his family was too poor, so he couldn't go to university. He had to work and support his family. And then he started working somewhere. And in six months, he became, like, manager. He said first day he was cleaning the floor. He said whenever he had free time, instead of just sitting idle, he was going to warehouse and making list of, like, what, what uh, item we have how many we have, like where they are. And then he was checking if we have like samples, if not telling the boss, hey, we don't have a sample of this thing here. So we need to go like, he's like, when you're empty, just think about what can you do to improve the business. Mm -hmm. And then he said in six months, he became from the person who's cleaning the floor to responsible person. And then after a few years, he opened his own small shop after a few years, he opened his own production uh, place, and then he opened a factory after that. And then for always, like taught me, you need to do this. Whenever you do, be very serious about your job. And he was always like, lose anything, but never lose people's trust. He said, mm-hmm. I prefer losing all my money rather than losing people's trust because as long as people trust you, you can build that again. Mm-hmm. And he drove the same car for 13 years. And I told him, like, why don't you just buy, like, a Jeep? And I'm like, you can afford to buy yeah. it. Why not get something? He said, yeah. yeah, I can afford, but what if something happens and I cannot pay one of my checks? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 he always, like, everyone, they write checks, mm-hmm. you know, and then, like, they pay at the end of the month. He said, if I cannot pay one, this person will come to me and say, you are not... A man Actually, of your word. Yeah. You just bought a new car while you had to pay me. So be a man, pay me first, and then buy a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I so, yeah, like listening to this for years and years <laughs> and years, yeah, pushed me to be serious in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because when I first arrived to Shanghai, I stayed in the dormitory, and my friends were like partying every day. Smoking, drinking, partying, partying, and they were like, "Why don't you come with us?" I was like, "I need to train." Like, what will partying give me other than temporary, temporary? Smaller yeah, bank, a smaller yeah. bank balance and a headache. Yeah, and I was like, "No, I really want to do this." And I don't know. I never, I was never a fan of drinking mm-hmm. anyway. So, but nothing lost. Yeah, my Muay Thai coach told me. Look, whenever you enter the dojo, it's like some a sacred place. Whatever you give, you take. It gives you back. So I was like, every day I did jujitsu, I studied, it gave me back. Mm-hmm. And then today, thanks to jujitsu, I make a living. And I'm very, very thankful. Like I have worked my ass off to be 
good at jiu-jitsu to a certain level and it's really paying off mm-hmm. and for now like I, I think I will never like even if I didn't have Absolute MMA I'm a partner a co-founder in Absolute MMA even if I didn't have it I think I would never have a problem with finding a job mm-hmm. anywhere in the world mm-hmm. that's thanks to Jiu-Jitsu nice now it sounds like your your dad was obviously a, a very important part of your life yeah and we've spoken before about when he passed away and obviously like going through the loss of a family member is never going to be an easy thing yeah um and that experience can you tell me a bit about that like how did how well this is going to sound awful but how did it feel to to kind of go through that actually it was like one day before Mm -hmm. I was having dinner with Paul Mm -hmm. from our gym so he had some like problems back then and I told him like in life it's all about the perspective you are looking at external events Mm -hmm. so it doesn't really have the um, how to say it It can't really make you sad upset if you don't let it Mm -hmm. so I said look man try to live in the moment I'm not saying don't have goals whatever but never worry about future and never like be sad because Mm -hmm. of past and always say okay what can I do in this situation this thing has happened Mm -hmm next next whatever happens you say good mm-hmm. it's all about the perspective and then i went home i slept in the morning my friend volkan came to our apartment i used to live with my girlfriend back then and then he told me like my father passed away because they called me but my phone was in airplane uh, mode and then they called my brother who used to study at ecnu here mm-hmm. and he told volkan volkan called me i was like first uh, I didn't first I didn't feel anything I was mm-hmm. like no <laughs> you know because no, no, like yep. like no my father just can't die like it's like yeah. no and then I said okay let's go upstairs and mm-hmm. take a sit and then like I was like fuck yeah like it was the, the enormity yeah the because for me no one in my life was half important as my father mm-hmm. Like, I love my mother, brother, everyone. But for me, like, father was, like, 90% and the rest is 10%. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I still love them a lot. But father was something. Yeah, yeah. My father, like, everything I have, I owe it to my father because mm-hmm. he worked very hard for my education. And he was, like, working six days a week and he was waking up on his only off day, Sunday morning, to t- take me to language school mm-hmm. to learn English he forced me to learn English and I told him why the hell am I going to learn need English where am I going to use English we live in Turkey nobody speaks English here. <laughs> he said shut up when the day comes you will be very thankful I'm mm-hmm. like oh this man just leave me alone like I don't want to learn English why mm-hmm. tell me why what do you need English you don't speak English what do you lose and I was like man just listen to me, learn languages, it will really help you in life. It's a much, much better thing to have than just a diploma from a random university, random like stuff. And then you really, really pushed me. If you do this, one thing, be very good at mm-hmm. it. Have principles, do this, do this, mm-hmm. do this. You know, like always pay your debts, always do this, always do that. And then like, 
really, really, really like worked all his life. He worked for his family. So he was a super good role model for me. I, I can easily say I have never seen a better person in my life. Mm-hmm. Like in in Turkey, uh, we are Muslim, right? So whenever someone dies, there is uh, a gathering in the local mosque. And then we live in that neighborhood. Like my parents live there for like last. My father was born there. His brother is like six years older than him. And he goes to mosque like every day, five times a day. And he says he has never seen a crowd like that in his life in mm-hmm. in a in that mosque. Mm-hmm. He like like maybe thousands of people came and I have not told any of my friends. Mm-hmm. Like and everyone was like <laughs> I heard people saying, I wish my husband died, but not him. <laughs> My aunt was saying, I wish my husband died. He's useless. Why did this guy die? <laughs> so like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I felt, I remember what I told uh, Paul. Mm-hmm. And then I'm very lucky by then I was reading a book called The Power of Now. And then it really, really helped me. I was like, okay, it already happened. And I was, I don't know, maybe God helped me, put me in that situation. Like mm-hmm. in that mindset, I was mm-hmm. thinking... It's normal. I'm going to die as well. So I I used I was able to look from like far and say, I don't understand why are all these people crying? We are all going to die. Mm-hmm. I remember my Take grandfather died like 20 years ago yeah. and I said, "Yeah." And my father died and I'm going to die too. And then my brother was crying. I was like trying not to cry. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Actually. Then, like, we took plane tickets, went back to Turkey. Of course, it sucks when you go to your apartment and your father's clothes are there. Like, everyone is crying and I'm sitting there. I said, okay, I'm the eldest uh, child. I'm not going to cry. Mm -hmm. And then I said, there is no suffering in the moment, Mm -hmm. in now. Mm -hmm. There is no suffering in now. Suffering comes from the distance that you Yes. Yeah. If you feel, if you start thinking, oh, my father used to take me there, there, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, okay, breathe, don't think, just stay in the moment. What are we going to do? Because there were some financial problems mm-hmm. because my father had some like bank loans, whatever, some deals with other people, and then person who he was dealing with fleed the country, like. There were like crazy yeah, financial problems yeah. as well. I said, crying right now won't really help us. I need to think. There is a time to, yeah. for that, but it's not yeah. right yeah. now. Not right yeah. now. And then uh, we have a big family. Everybody was like helping us. Mm-hmm. They were at home. Like we have tons of, I have like 30 cousins only on my mother's side. Like, and then, so like the first day, uh, we have some stupid, uh, how to say, traditions in mm. Turkey, you know. When before they buried that, they like wash it, and then they ask the eldest son to put some like drop some water, and like it was, I saw like the dead body, and then I was thinking, I'm very lucky that I I was in that that mindset, Being able to and my brother was crying, yeah. and I said, look, our bodies are just like biological vehicles that we use in this mm-hmm. if you if you if you believe yeah? mm-hmm. that what i believe is biological vehicles we use in this world 
and it's all it's about the spirit. Yeah. yeah, and his spirit is gone. This is just the body. So don't look at it and cry. He's gone. Mm-hmm. He's not here. Just like you will be gone as well. But it was super hard. Actually, I cried there a yeah, little bit. Understandably so. <laughs> yeah, and then like that week, I was always like, like especially when the burying and stuff, I was like, I never cried. I was like just looking, just even like my cousin called me I said hey can I talk to you I said what what's wrong with you what's wrong with me he's like people are saying you look like you don't care (laughs) I was like fuck that people (laughs) like what are you expecting me to do like Mm. cry like you see my mother he's my my father's mother is alive like he's she's crying I'm not gonna cry like you guys are free to cry I'm not going to cry I I, I was always like ashamed crying in front of people mm-hmm. but of course when I went to bed at night or like when I went to like shower mm-hmm. and like there's nobody it was like sometimes you feel yeah. like you Thanks. and it's very good it to like unload it yeah. you know you've got to get it out you can't keep it yeah. in but in, in this instance it's like you had a responsibility yeah. being the eldest yeah. son if you not so much allow yourself to break down but if you feel what you're feeling to the extent that it kind of takes away from everything else because you're suffering because you're thinking about the future or the past or whatever then you can't do what you need you know that you need to do I was like okay done everyone has cried what are we going to do Mm-hmm. this 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 I was the one like okay we're gonna do this first and then do this and then do that and then my brother was like what are we gonna do about this I said don't worry look whenever you have a problem you always think like it's extremely important mm-hmm. if I can't do this I am in deep shit but no like what is the word I was like asking what is the worst thing that can happen and they were like this is it really that bad no then why are you worrying yeah. like stop <laughs> let's make a plan how are we going to deal with this and we did exactly like this I stayed there for three weeks handled like almost everything made plans and then came back so but I think like you cannot always be in that mindset sometimes no. you become very emotional mm-hmm. I think like recently I have not really been in that mindset and if that happened recently, I would be mm-hmm. devastated. Mm-hmm. And I was I wanted to talk about this as well, actually. Sometimes, like, this happened to me twice. Mm-hmm. Once when I read the book, like, The Power of Now. And the previous one was I was really reading about stoicism. I read, like, three. First, I started with... Meditations? No. Um, ego is the enemy. Ego is the enemy, Ryan yeah. Holiday. Obstacle is the way. Again, Ryan Holiday. In, book, in this book, in yeah. this cupboard. The, do- the Daily Stoic. Mm-hmm. But before that, I started... The, like, How I started reading these books is also very funny. Mm-hmm. What I do is, when I see people... Like, and I think like, fuck man, I would really like to be like this guy. You know? like, Because he looks very intelligent. And the way he talks is like... He figured out a lot of things 
and then I also know like nobody knows shit actually like nobody <laughs> knows anything like nobody so knows you know, what's going on the more you realize on. you know yeah. absolutely yeah. nothing <laughs> but more than me mm. a lot more than me and I always go like okay what this guy what kind of books this guy is suggesting others to read mm. like this is this person's reading list and I used to go and read all those books Firas Zahabi He's like one of my idols. He's the coach of GSP, owner of TriStar MMA mm-hmm. Academy in uh, Canada. And I, I was, I, I found a video of him like suggesting books, like managing oneself, seven habits of highly effective people, and some books. And this ma- like seven habits of highly effective people was for me the book that have affected my life the most. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, it's like a cheat code in life. You know, it really, really changed the way I look at life, like about being like proactive, Mm -hmm. not reactive, Mm -hmm. and like starting with the end in mind, like planning, doing this, doing that. I said, I need more books like this. Where can you find more More, of this? (laughs) And then like, like, when I started reading about stoicism, I was like, oh, I just found... The meaning of life. <laughs> like, I, I was like, I had the happiest time of my life once, like two years ago for over a month. And people were sh- seeing me and say, there is something different. You look very happy. I was like, yeah, I'm happy. Why would someone be unhappy? I don't understand. <laughs> like, but then I read something in one of the books, like, reading about like philosophy is like sweeping the floor Mm -hmm. if you sweep the floor it's very clean like you feel very good but if you don't sweep the floor for 10 days it starts creeping back those Mm -hmm. stuff starts creeping back and then you start feeling like shit again and then you need to do it daily Mm -hmm. like I was like oh I was telling my friends if you want to be happy read this book like that's the shortcut you know mm-hmm. but I, w- I know it but I don't go back and read it I like you know sometimes when I feel bad but f- right now for me it's pretty hard to be unhappy actually mm-hmm. most of the time I'm pretty happy but sometimes I'm like fuck man My this wasting... isn't so much like unhappiness in terms of like not very happy like literally like sad but in terms of like a lack of fulfillment because you've got yeah. other stuff that's going on yeah. like that kind of depressed feeling of oh, everything's going wrong yeah. and everything yeah I hardly feel depressed I think I felt depressed twice in my life mm-hmm. and both I was seriously injured and mm-hmm. couldn't train mm-hmm. I think it's something about the hormones mm-hmm. but sometimes I really I really feel like oh man I think I'm extremely unsuccessful like because I I I can't does that come from comparing yourself to others or is that comparing yourself to where you think you should be in that moment Mm -hmm. both because I remember I remember one day like my father was taking me from summer house to work and I said it's not fair Look, all my friends are having three months of holiday here and I have to work. He said, look, if you want to compare yourself, don't compare with richer 
kids compared with poorer kids mm -hmm. they sleep on streets they have nothing to eat you know they have all this like no father no mother whatever compare and then it really stuck with me whenever i do like jujitsu i hate these people who compare themselves with the for example i'm a blue belt i compare myself with the lowest level blue belt and mm -hmm. i feel like ah, i'm very good no i was like i need to compare myself with top three in the world in my level mm -hmm. so for me i was like oh man like compared to these guys i am shit Mm -hmm. I, I but that also helps you I need to work on this 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 this, mm -hmm. this you know Just keeping yourself healthy yeah and like compared to these guys I'm making so little amount of money mm -hmm. compared to these guys my life quality is not good mm -hmm. and like this is still okay I can be happy with like not making a lot of money not very like very high quality of life mm -hmm. but sometimes shit happens like relationship problems mm -hmm. like Last year, for example, for me was pretty, like, intense. Like, we had a breakup with one of our co-founders, one of our coaches, our friends. And I got dumped by my girlfriend. <laughs> and things my, never happen in yeah, isolation. Yeah. <laughs> and my father passed away. Like, all this happened in, like, in four months, less than five months. <laughs> so I was like yeah okay like and then there's a very funny story my girlfriend asked me like to move out and i i was sleeping in my one of my best friends living room i was like i'm 31 years old <laughs> i just had a girlfriend that was very serious like mm -hmm. we were thinking about getting married last week this week i'm out I'm like <laughs> now I'm on the sofa. Yeah, this is the only the first year of my company and I'm not really taking a high salary. I'm like broke and I'm this was last year. I was like I'm going to rent an apartment but I don't even have the money to pay like deposit, like 3 months of rent, whatever. And then I was thinking like this and my brother sends me a message. Hey are you there? I'm going to tell you something. I was like, yeah, what happened? Our grandmother passed away. Like, mm -hmm. she died just now. And I was like, I put the phone down. And my friend was sitting next to me. I was like, fuck. And I started to, to cry a little bit. And then 20 minutes later, I received a message from my brother. I said, oh, sorry, she's alive. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, sorry, wrong alarm. Like, She's okay, alive, she's not dead. She's okay. but she can die anytime. <laughs> like there is, like she's under, like uh, heavy care. You know? mm -hmm. Like I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? How can she be dead twenty minutes ago? And like, no, I talked to my cousin, and he said bad news, bad news, and he cried. He was in hospital, so I thought she died, but he says no, no, no. I said bad news, but she's alive, but like under intensive mm -hmm. care. I was like. <laughs> And then my friend was like, fuck, man, it's like an emotional roller coaster. Do you think that that experience particularly, do you think that helped you in the situation that you were in to kind of give you some perspective, as it were? Yeah. yeah. Because, look, even then, like I was I was talking to my friend and smiling. I mm -hmm. said, OK, good. 
like good this happened but i'm gonna solve it what's gonna mm-hmm. happen i'm not gonna die you know mm-hmm. i will sleep in the gym if like necessary yeah. yeah no problem at all like no problem our business partner patrick told me something very good any problem that can solve with money is not a problem <clears throat> so for me i was like i'm healthy i have a job like i can even get money from the company no problem but i don't want to so i was like okay i will just deal with it no problem and then i dealt with it you know like I don't want to give the details what happened, mm-hmm. but like, it was easy. Just uh, after that, everything was easier. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. Some people come and tell me like, do you even exist outside the gym? Like, like <laughs> you guys. Who are you outside the gym. I don't know if you ever been to gym and never haven't seen me over there. Mm-hmm. I'm at the gym every day, almost all day. This is the thing. Like I learned from my father. First, grind, then you live your life. You know, mm-hmm. everyone wants to live their life. Nobody wants to, like, be, like, in a very shitty position, situation. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to, like, enjoy their lives. I want to travel, you know. I, I want to have fun. Like, I'm having fun, but but first, I know. First, you do the hard work. You grind. You eat dirt for three years. If you make it you make it, you are good for life. Mm-hmm. If you can't make it, good. What are you going to do? You do the next stuff. So for me, it's like the grinding thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have grinded to learn Jiu-Jitsu a lot and I came to a certain level and I'm grinding to reach my level mm-hmm. and same for business as well. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm going to take low salary. I'm going to work seven days a week, six days a week, whatever. But I'm not going to say I live my life. No. First, you need to deserve to live your life. Because if you live your life now, I can I can travel every month if I want. But then I can't pay, you know, like my loans. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I can't really be successful. It's going you back know? to your dad's principles. With the yeah. Car. Yeah. For me, first grind, first pay people that you owe mm-hmm. money to. And then make sure that your company is making good money then you are good for life mm-hmm. you know that's that's my goal mm-hmm. right now in business i want to do i want absolute mma to be a world class gym so people i want people to come and say man this is the best gym i ever seen this is the place to be and i, I at this i have heard like this is one of the best gyms i've ever been in my life like multiple times for me, it's very good, but for me, it's never enough. It should be better, mm-hmm. better, better. But this is also a curse in a blessing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, people always say, like, what is the next goal? Like, people like me, next. Like, I have reached this, the next but one. the next. The next one. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to be, not sometimes, all the time, you need to be happy in the situation that you are mm-hmm. in and say, my last, next goal is this, but... First, I want to be happy in this situation, mm-hmm. but not satisfied. So you're being, yeah. you're loving the process as opposed to being solely yeah. motivated by achieving yeah. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you should never be on extreme edges. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, always be in the middle. Don't be extreme. So you need to be uh, achievement driven, but also 
you need to learn That's how to enjoy the where pro- yeah. everything that you get yeah. comes from mm-hmm. because then you will never enjoy your life mm-hmm. no man when I reach that level that's it and then you reach that level and I said no 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 when I become the, the world champion level. the next level yeah if your if your goal is to become a world champion I've seen many guys being depressed after after becoming world champions mm-hmm. you know so so where do you go from yeah, world champion yeah you should have smarter goals mm-hmm. in life. Cool. Cool. So with with absolute, then what's next? Because currently there's one, one, yeah. one at the moment. The you're looking to open a second gym at some point in the future. That's that's an there. idea, but mm-hmm. like it's just an idea right mm-hmm. now. Probably, probably somewhere in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. I mean, China is a big place. There's yeah, a lot of I'm not thinking about opening in other cities because, mm-hmm. for me, the most important thing is the quality. And this is the thing. I've I've worked with people who wanted to grow too fast, but for me, first you need to create the team, and then grow. Mm-hmm. Have a so, solid foundation. Yeah, not like build. I can open three other gyms this year, but. Who is going to teach there? Who is going to do the management? Who is going to make sure the quality is high? It's easy to open, but you should never rush slowly, but surely. Mm-hmm. Take your time with it. Yeah. Cool. Right. So, one last thing, and I think we can wrap up. Um, one of the things that the purpose of this podcast is is to deal with like the mental health aspects and obviously this whole conversation we touched on like the principles of stoicism and how that helped with um, the passing of your father and then how jujitsu and other principles kind of helped you set your goals and keep moving forward if someone is listening to this and they're in a place where they're particularly struggling so maybe they're going through maybe they've lost a family member or maybe they're just having an absolutely shit time of it at the moment and you could give them one piece of advice that would help them potentially build like a sense of momentum or just feel a little bit better about where they are at the moment so they can start making some progress. What would that be? I think I would first say stop, stop thinking, just breathe, like mm-hmm. deep, breathe like 10 breaths, start meditating and start looking at yourself from outside. Okay, this is the situation. Imagine it's like a movie. This is the situation I'm in right now, and this is the point I want to be. Instead of thinking, fuck, man, this sucks, that sucks, that happened to me, this person did this to me, this person is an asshole, stop and say, okay, everything has happened, whatever, but what should I do? How can I fix this? What can I do? For me, in life, I say this, Either try to be happy every day. Look, try to be happy every day, improve your situation, or just, like, finish it, you know? Like, if if you're alive, as long as you're alive, I think you should really, really try to be happy every single day and say, okay, I'm happy this day, but doesn't mean I'm settled down with my situation. Mm -hmm. This is my goal. And I'm going to reach it. Mm-hmm. If I can reach it, it's amazing. But I will make sure I enjoy all my days mm-hmm. when I'm trying to reach it. And I think this is like 
a much better way. Mm-hmm. Stop focusing on negatives. Look at the bright side and say, okay, what like I like Joko Joko Willings mm-hmm. saying like good whatever happens is like good good good, mm-hmm. good. I I use this like, oh this happened good. So what do I do now? You you can figure out what is your goal. Just do a plan and be ready to fail multiple times. I have failed multiple times in very different areas of my life. And every failure you think it's the end of the world, but in five years you forget about it. So don't let any external event like smash you. Mm-hmm. just say okay good what is next how can I solve this and relax breathe you're living in a simulation nothing is like nothing is really that important mm-hmm. actually you know cool perfect I think that is the perfect place to stop <laughs> thank you very much for doing this um, thank you for we'll having keep, me I'm going to keep plugging away at this and I'm sure we'll have another meandering conversation at some point in the future thank you thank you gallant sir (laughs) that was episode two of the rolling forward podcast thank you for tuning in feedback is of course welcomed and encouraged if anything that we've spoken about this episode has been particularly relevant to you or if you feel that there's something that i should be talking about or could be talking about or could improve please don't hesitate to get in touch Thank you for tuning in and see you next time.